Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the program. I've got my guy Sunil here with me talking to 49ers on this early Friday morning. How you doing, my man? Doing fantastic, man. I haven't talked to you in quite some bit. Uh, you know, getting it in early 49er talk on a Friday morning. I love it, man. Start the day off well, right? Yeah, man. I mean, before this week, just been a, a little bit of a YouTube break. I uh, was sick last week, so that covers it. And then the move out process, coming back home. But now we're all settled, and now we are ready to get it started. So awesome. appreciate those of you guys that are tuning in. Make sure you guys hit that like button. Make sure you hit the subscribe button on both my channel and Sunil's channel. Both of us are streaming today. So we've got a we've got a fun episode. And let's start it off with some of the 49ers news that we've seen recently before we get into our predictions. And that is regarding quarterback Troy Lance. Quarterbacks coach. Jeff Christensen, obviously the one where we saw the viral video of Lance making a throw, Patrick Mahomes in the background. That was all under the tutelage of quarterbacks coach Jeff Christensen, um, who I believe is out of Texas, also works extensively with Patrick Mahomes. Said some comments about Trey Lance. How are you feeling about him? Yeah, so I mean, obviously the comments were very positive um, from what I've read so far. I haven't actually read the full article, but... The, the parts that are coming out, um, you know, seeing large strides day after day, uh, seeing that, you know, he's picking up and, and looking better significantly, I think are all great signs. And that coming off the heels of, you know, a few weeks ago, Ian Rappaport talking about how, you know, the 49ers team actually gave him some pushback as far as, you know, why are you only talking about Sam Darnold? You know, Trey Lance is still, uh, you know, one of our, a guy that we like and could possibly be a starter type of thing. So it's nice to start seeing, you know, positive stuff come out about Trey because, you know, it has all been, I wouldn't say negative, but silence, right? And sometimes if you're not hearing anything positive, people are just going to run with that narrative and say that, you know, it's negative. So look, if you're going to trust anybody, you're going to trust the quarterback's coach of, you know, Patrick Mahomes, who possibly, um, you know, probably is the best quarterback in the league, possibly could go down as the best quarterback ever, right? Um, he's on that trajectory with what he's accomplished in his young career. It's not, it's great. I think that the fact that Trey is even deciding to switch quarterbacks coaches and start working with somebody um, like Christensen, you know, being around somebody like Patrick Mahomes, uh, they, you're obviously gonna get, you know, you're working out with somebody so with people so elite, you, you're gonna be forced to get better. The fact that he's seeking that out, I think, is a good sign because, you know, for me, Rohan, and we haven't really discussed it too much. I mean, this is a very, very important year for Trey Lance. You know, I'm a big Trey Lance fan, I know, I think you are as well, but I'm not naive about the situation that Trey Lance is in. I think a lot of people put blame 
on Shanahan, on the 49ers organization. And, you know, that tend to be Trey Lance fans. And, you know, obviously every, there are parts of blame of everybody, but you have to control what you could control. And anybody who's realistic about Trey Lance knows that he hasn't really, I guess, blown, he hasn't really taken advantage of his opportunities. Now, I'm not saying there was a ton of opportunities, but he hasn't done anything really to separate himself in a way that he needed to in a very peculiar situation of the 49ers being a team that's ready to win now, but took on a quarterback that might not have been ready to play like from day one type of situation. So year three of Trey Lance, he, ha he, he isn't the favorite, right? If, if Purdy was healthy, we all know Purdy would be the starter over Trey Lance. So Trey Lance has an opportunity only because Purdy isn't available. But with that opportunity, Trey Lance has to has to wow people. And what I mean by that, Rohan, and you know, I'll, I'll send it to you after this. I don't think that if it's close between Trey Lance and Purdy, like if it's very similar, even if Trey Lance is just slightly better, but it, it, it's very similar as far as their play during OTAs and and you know the off season, I still think they go with Purdy. And the reason for that is because. They, they feel like they have a known commodity with Purdy, not only the player, but what the team, how the team responds to that player. We all know Purdy hasn't lost in any game that he started and finished healthy. He hasn't lost. He's been able to stay right. healthy for a long period of time, and he's been able to elevate the play of the team around him when he's on the field. So it's hard to refute that. And then on top of that, you know, you're my – you're my cap specialist, but financially, Brock Purdy is is a much better financial route for them as well because he's a seventh round draft pick instead of a first round draft pick. So as far as financially, you know, there's probably some money saved there, and maybe he can't necessarily ask for as big of a contract. Who knows? I don't know about that. But but on top of that, you know, trade trade viability, Trey Lance probably has a little bit more value being such a high draft pick that could still be moved. So all of those things, you know, are kind of negatives for Trey Lance as far as his ability to stay with the 49ers, unless he comes out and really has taken such a significant leap that you can't look at him and look at Purdy and be like, they're on the same level. And, and that's a lot to ask for from a third year quarterback, but I'm looking at it like that's his situation at this point. What do you think about that? I don't think I can dispute it too much, right? You're talking about how the expectations are high. And like you said, I've been a guy that believes in Trey Lance because I Scott, I, I thought he was a good prospect coming out. And I, I still believe the potential is there and that the opportunity necessarily hasn't been as much. But with what Purdy did last year, and I've been one of the people, I'm not, I just call it how I see it. I've been one of the people that hasn't said Purdy is uh, – what he showed last year wasn't elite. It's just it was better than what we've seen from Jimmy Garoppolo and uh, added an extra layer to the offense. But still, with that being the strongest play of quarterback, uh, quarter, uh, strongest quarterback play that we had seen under Shanahan um, in the 49ers era, it's tough to unseat him, which is why 
there's going to need to be the offseason. But if you, you do end up being the week one starter, good play for those first four weeks or so until Purdy comes back. You need to essentially prove that you're the guy that they can't take it out of your hands. That's how Trey Lance needs to go about this offseason. Now, about the comment specifically, I think, um, I mean, there were a lot of lot of little parts that were eye-opening for me, but, I mean, it's a good sign. And back in, I forget with moms, but back in March, when we saw the video with Christensen, somebody had asked me, is it a positive, right? Switch representation, work with work with Christensen Mahomes. And I said, anytime you work out with such a dominant quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, you're bound to be better. It's just bound to be, uh, I mean, it can't be a bad thing. And it's clear because Christensen said in the article with The Athletic how essentially Lance got better by just watching what Mahomes did. And I think that that's, uh, that's an important part to it. And that's where you see the substantial jump. And so for for Lance, I think that there's definitely, definitely areas where um, he's, he's getting better according to his quarterback coach. But the other part that I want to bring up to you and see what you have to think about it is the arm soreness part. And Christensen said how with the previous motion, you know, you'd have three days of intense work and then need a day off, which doesn't happen with quarterbacks with a good technique. However, um, that's something that they've worked on, and that's something that shouldn't be a long-running issue now uh, with with Lance and the fixed arm motion that they've kind of looked to improve with during the few months they spent together. Yeah, so I actually look at that as a, a, flat, a red flag. And the reason for that is, you know, it would be great if in just two months you can get the muscle memory and uh, and and be able to fix something that's so ingrained in someone's head as 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 the way you throw a ball, right? Trey Lance has been a quarterback for a long time, right? He's been throwing the ball a certain way for a long time. It's just his natural tendencies and you know, what, what is, what is normal for him kind of thing. And I think that obviously you work on things like that, but I don't know. And and look, I'm not claiming to be an expert on people's throwing motions and how much throwing motions can change. But as far as just habits, I think we all can say we're pretty experts on habits and it's easy. It's really hard to change a habit, especially when, pressure is on and, and, you know, things are, you know, going crazy, like in a game, are you going to stick to something that is very new to you that you've been working on for a matter of months, or are you going to revert back to your habit that you've been doing for years? That's just ingrained in your head. I don't know how much a quarterback can really change their motion in a way that's going to be like significantly different from what they're doing, because what, from what I'm, um, Gleaning from what you just said and what that article said, it, it has to be. I don't think it's tweaks. It's probably something significant if it's leading to a difference between him being able to throw five days a week or him being able to throw a couple of days a week because his his arm angles and his his uh, throwing motion puts so much stress on his shoulder that he he needs a break. Like, can you really change that within a few months to a point that it's going to be a, a significant 
long-term change or is it just something temporary when you have somebody like you know when that's all you're focused on for you know a couple weeks of training with a coach and i think that uh are you saying it's a red flag well the red flag to me though is if his throwing his natural throwing motion rohan is that detrimental to where arm fatigue is a real thing right we haven't seen him play a full season but if if his natural throwing motion is going to lead to arm fatigue later on in the season which look this is a lot of ifs a lot of me putting things in there like i'm not claiming that this is true but the fact that he's saying that hey he has to change his arm his 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 uh the way he throws the ball because it's going to lead to arm fatigue it it, it naturally needs him to take a break after you know a few days of throwing the ball yeah i think that's a big that's a big deal like you don't hear that very often from quarterbacks you know the fact that he's been a quarterback his whole life and that hasn't been that you know he's dealt with that to me is a little bit of a shock and you know it also couples to maybe why at ndsu he didn't throw the ball that often like he averaged 16 throws per game which is obviously extremely low Obviously, he ran the ball a lot there as a quarterback, but is he going to be able to take on the larger workload as a, as a professional quarterback? Like, that is something to be aware of. He hasn't proven to stay healthy, right, um, in the two seasons that he has been in the league, and that's without, you know, full playing time type of thing. So is that another thing that, hey, later on down the line, he's not going to be able to be as healthy? I don't know. Like, to me – that is something to be at least aware of going into whether or not this is the guy or not. I don't like to me, it's interesting for me. The biggest red flag is it took this long to understand that there was a significant need to change something in that throwing motion, right? It's year three. And while injuries have hampered Lance, especially that first year, the second off season, you had a good amount of time to understand um, like something was wrong in Lance. I remember last time throwing motion, and then obviously we hear about arm fatigue, which pretty clearly was a thing with Trey Lance, even going up until this offseason. And then with Christensen, another blurb that I saw in this article was um, that it took four days to figure out what was wrong with this throwing motion when it usually takes one day. Um, and so all of this combined certainly interesting it's it's a great sign though in my opinion now that he's like i understand what you're saying how it's it's tough to change something that you've been ingrained in for such a long period of time but the it it seems like lance was willing now to to uh, figure out the changes and that it's for the better understanding that this arm soreness might be behind him and things like that and so to me i think it's a good thing now that it's understood and that things to the point where I think it's going to let him have a productive offseason. Now, Rohan, you're more of a historian and, and, you know, than I. Can you recollect a time of a, of a quarterback that has significantly changed their throwing motion that led to that, like, hey, they threw this way, and then all of a sudden they completely changed, and it completely changed the, the way their game and, and everything. Can you point to a, a moment of, of a quarterback being able to do that? I think that 
I honestly think it happens more often than not. Um, for me, like in the article itself as well, it says how um, it, it says how quarterbacks are constantly tweaking and, and and fixing up the throwing motion and the mechanical part. And I, I do think that that's that's normal. I think a lot of quarterbacks have tried to change that, and I mean, I think people try and make it uh, make their make their throwing motion quicker. Um, as for significant, I think Justin Fields. Maybe you can make an argument that there's been a mechanical change. I don't know if you can say significant, significant, but obviously his angle uh, was was. Um, when, when he came out, his throwing motion was talked about a good amount. I think that there's been a change there. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess my it, head, I guess, maybe, maybe. I think I Cam think Newton, I think there was a discuss. Yeah, like Cam, Cam, Cam Newton might be one. Um, you know, you may, maybe Josh Allen, because obviously his numbers significantly changed over his three years. Uh, I know Baker Mayfield had a quarterback change. like. But I, I, I guess, year. yeah. I guess. I guess maybe I'm I'm um, maybe I'm overthinking it, but maybe if it's just tweaks, I guess that makes sense. I don't know. I guess I understood it like this and is like I, a whole hard significant change. Which if that's the know. case, I don't know. When we saw the throw, when it was it didn't seem like there was too much of a change. I I don't think it's I, like when you look at the motion itself. Maybe they're trying to make it more tight, more crisp, but. I think that I, I think that it's overharped on how much the change was. I don't think it's as significant as of, of a change. Obviously, we'll see in training camp how how big the change was because Marco just tweeted out that he's going back to Christensen after OTAs uh, right. at the end of at the end of uh, mandatory minicamp in June. But um, I, I don't think that it's going it's as significant of a change as maybe you might think. I, I think that there is specific there's specifically a change that they've made clearly. I don't think though when you look at the actual product is that significant as what the change might actually be behind the scenes. And before we get off this topic, I want to ask you a question. How how because I I I believe that if it's close, they go with Purdy. Um just because of the way the team responded to Purdy. I think there's a confidence level in Purdy that they've seen the team win and, you know, play very well with Purdy at, at the quarterback, even though I agree with you necessarily that Purdy isn't necessarily an elite quarterback, but I think in this system, he's, he plays really, really well in this system. His attributes work really, really well in this system. Do you believe that there needs to be a significant gap between Trey Lance and Purdy or what does Shanahan Lynch and the whole 49ers brass need to see to keep going with with Trey Lance. Is it team success or is it specific to what he's bringing to that quarterback position? I think or it's a mix of Yeah, I think it's a mix of both. I think it's a mix of both. As for Trey Lance, I think I, I Again, I'm going with the assumption that Purdy maybe misses the first four weeks based off Kyle Shanahan's timeline of the six to eight months. I'm just going right in the middle with that, you know, seventh-ish, a seventh-ish month uh, period. But I think that team success is important. Obviously, you've got to be winning games because the one thing that Brock Purdy did was win games. The other thing he did was put the ball in the end zone, scoring, 
that mm-hmm. the, the 49ers had their highest scoring period when Brock Purdy was at quarterback in the Shanahan era. He and uh, but to me, it's Lance has to be a significant contributor to it. I, I, I like you know the 49ers have won where they've developed the quarterback. He hasn't necessarily had the strongest game, but they've easily been able to win for another uh, for a number of other factors with uh, skill position players and things like that. I think Lance himself has to show the growth on the field while the 49ers are winning to essentially stop them from taking it out of his hands because he's the one who's experienced the growth, but he's also experienced, you know, um, he, he's the one who's helping them get to those wins to the point where it's not necessary or it's not a smart move to make a change, just looking for something different. How much do you think is going? Because one of the things that I think Purdy did a great job was was getting the team around him to buy into him, right? You just heard things like from you know uh, Kittle, Yuschek, even um, <clears throat> even uh, you know guys on the defensive side of the ball. Whether you know um, I know Jimmy uh, was saying a lot of great things about him uh, when he was on the team last year. Um, Fred Warner, he got the whole team to to buy into him, right? Um, we I don't know if Trey Lance has got has been behind center long enough for the team to really buy into him because I think you know there's only so much you could do in the off season. I think you really players really buy into it when it's you know you're out quote unquote like war when you're actually playing games that matter, which Trey Lance hasn't played a lot of those, so how much do you think the team plays a role? Because we do know that Kyle Shanahan has mentioned that he sometimes makes decisions based off of what the team wants, right? What the players are telling him and stuff like that. Do you think that Trey Lance needs to win over the players to really take that job away from Purdy as well? Do you think that's going to play a role at all? Now, this is the part that I personally believe is overblown. I think if Trey Lance proves that he can be a winning quarterback and up, like make an impact on the team while they're winning, I don't think that this is an issue. If he's the quarterback that can best lead you to your goal, which is a Super Bowl, and if you understand that you know he's showcased the talent to do that in the first four games and in the offseason, because he's going to get an entire offseason to, to prove his shot, I don't think there's going to be any issue in – uh, the quarterback, um, like having to win over the locker room because winning games and contributing significantly to winning those games, I think goes a long way in the locker room because what they want to see is really a proven option. The guy who can help them the most, not necessarily maybe the guy with the most potential, and although he has a long way to reach it there. So if Lance so, can prove that he can help them, I don't think that's an issue. So first four games, because you've mentioned – you know, the first four games Lance probably has, um, you know, leeway because Purdy is not going to be fully healthy at the Steelers, at the Rams, and then two home games um, against the Giants and then the Cardinals. What do you need to see or what do you think Shanahan needs to see in those four games from Trey Lance um, to for him to continue to be the starter when Purdy gets back? I think that game one is going to be really tough just because you're going into Pittsburgh, a tough environment with really an unproven quarterback in either way, in Trey Lance or Sam Darnold. Darnold, obviously unproven in that he's had 55 starts, hasn't had a great 
uh, record and also now coming into a new situation lands obviously the true unproven option at the uh, you're going into Heinz Field against a tough defense I think that that's going to be a tough one for the quarterback and so I think that that's going to be a, a, a nice teller of how prepared they are for the NFL season but overall I I think you want to at least go games and in three and one what do I want to see I want to see a good execution of the offense that's it the statistics don't have to be over the chart it's just can they execute the offense well because that's what Purdy did when his play was at its highest level and I'm not saying Purdy was perfect or anything he was not nearly perfect he still has a lot of flaws to clean up but he executed the offense and they scored points as a result I think that that's what you want to see good offense good execution and the results being there with good points yeah and I think I'll push back a little bit because I think the stats are going to matter I agree with you I think obviously there has to be a like they have to be three and one four and oh is first if they're two and two now it's very very questionable depending on obviously health or what what went on but I do think the stats matter you know Purdy was putting up close to 30 points a game that offense was putting up close to 30 points a game he protected the ball very well now you know it's arguable if it was because of him or because of just luck because there were a lot of throws that could have been intercepted that didn't get intercepted but you know for the most part he wasn't turning the ball over even though there were some questionable throws and he was able to bail out the team with his um with his mobility on, on multiple um, on multiple occasions so I don't I think that if these are just close wins or the 49ers are averaging 17 20 21 points over this four four games Rohan I still think even if they go three and one I still think you could you could see I could see Trey being pulled out because you look at Purdy and seeing you know he's averaging 28 30 31 points per game if the offense looks more explosive under him I would say that he still has an opportunity to go win that start or get that starting position back. For me, I think that not only does the record have to be three and one or four and zero, oh, I think that this team needs to see the offense being a reason why they're winning games. Because I think that's the biggest thing that changed when Purdy was there was that he was the first quarterback where the defense felt like they didn't have to play perfect and they could still win a game. And uh, because yeah. they're putting up points, I think especially with those four opponents outside of Pittsburgh, you know, the Rams defense has gotten worse. Giants aren't really known for their defense, even though they have some players there. And we know Arizona's, you know, who knows yeah. what, what, what team's right. going to show up. So in those four games, you think that there's a great opportunity for the offense to really explode. I think if Trey Lance comes back and we see him put up, you know, he needs to have, if he, if we just see them winning 21, 17, um you know 24 20 like if these are the the games that they're winning even if they are four and oh or three and one if he's not two or three of those games putting up over 30 points i could see purdy getting that starting job back i do think statistics matter i don't think it's just about executing the offense because if you are executing that offense you should be putting up 28 30 points with the type of weapons that are around whomever that quarterback is I think that's fair if you talk about points. I was more more so talking about the quarterback stats himself and the reason being like Purdy had games where he passed for 17 to 26 for 217 yards, right? Mm -hmm. 65% 217 yards. That's a good game. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Game. It's a solid game for Purdy. It's just obviously not pe- like jumping off the charts in terms right. of statistics. Even as one of his Bay, uh, where he passed for 16 to 21 for 185 yards, right? Really solid accuracy, about 185 yards and two touchdowns. Like, you know, what I what I was saying is you don't necessarily need individual stats to jump off the charts, but the offense has to be executing at a high level, and that obviously has to result in yeah, now I, I agree with that. I don't think he needs to put up like 300 yards passing, 80 yards rushing every single game. But I do think that if I do think that if the games are close and it doesn't feel like this team could win just off of the offense, I would see a change because I do feel like we felt that way that the offense could win games under Purdy, which is what I think this team needs is to not always have to rely on the defense being lights out for this team to win games. So that's what I think um, is going to be needed. And I think the way that Trey Lance could really separate himself from the other quarterbacks is early success in the games, first quarter points. That's one thing that even Purdy didn't necessarily do very well is in those first few drives, get some points on the board, get a touchdown, go out to an early lead, this deep, we know this defense will be elite if they could always be playing with the lead because at that point they get to be who they are, very aggressive and take risks and all that kind of stuff. If Trey Lance can do that, especially because I think it lines up really well, his opponents, for him to look really, really good, right? It's not like he's playing lights out defenses. So he's going to get a chance to look really good because of the level of competition he's going to play. Is he going to take advantage of that? That's what's yet to be seen because, unfortunately, to this point, he hasn't taken advantage of those opportunities. Yeah, it's the unfortunate reality. We'll definitely, we'll definitely, obviously, see what comes to be of Trey Lance's future. I will say one thing though: put it out in the article yesterday that I wrote about Trey Lance. If he doesn't win the job in camp, I think he should demand a trade. I, I, I don't. I, I don't see a future with him in San Francisco if he can't beat out Sam Darnold, and I think he should demand a three. If he can't beat out Sam Darnold, do you think there's a market for him? I do, yeah. I think that some team will trade. A, like, it, it depends on the way you ask it. Will there be a market for him for what San Francisco wants? No. But will there be a market for him? I think so. He's 23 years old with really no NFL experience. I think teams would be jumping at the potential that he has for cheap, understanding that if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But you've got a strong developmental option, 
that you can likely get for cheap on a second deal. And, you know, that could be. Yeah, it's going to be tough. You know, I, I think those opportunities, like those type of reclamation projects, success is few and far between. I mean, obviously, recently we've seen Gino kind of be along the same line. And actually, you can't really say it's on the same lines. I mean, the fact that he's, you know, back starting and, you know, kind of looking like he has a home with Seattle is one thing, but he got a lot more playing time than Trey got, you know, so he started a lot of games for the Jets, um, even though he didn't necessarily play the way that I think a first round pick was expected at that time. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it's a tough, tough road for Trey if he doesn't, if he doesn't win the starting job and if he can't beat out Darnold. But speaking of that, speaking of Darnold, um, you know, I think our next topic was the Mike Mars um, saying that he believes the addition of Darnold makes the 49ers the best offense in the league, um, which I think was pretty crazy to think that Sam Darnold makes any team's offense that much better because he hasn't really shown that in the two destinations that he's had. But what did you think about Mike Mars? Um, saying that and do you think that there's a real chance that Sam, Sam Darnold is the week one starter for the 49ers do I think there's a chance yes do I how, how big that chance is I'm not necessarily sure I do think there's a chance I think you can't that's been there right obviously we've heard big time names say that the 49ers like Sam Darnold a lot and I wouldn't be surprised if um uh, Cal Shanahan views him as a guy who he can use as a reclamation project in a way, understanding that his system could uh, benefits a lot of quarterbacks. And I, so to me, yeah, is there a chance? Yeah, there's a chance because it, it really depends on how does Trey Lance play, right? If he doesn't play well in the offseason, well, you've, you're going with the other option, the guy who, despite 55 games of um, uh, uh, like obviously below average play, you, you've got a guy who I think the 49ers believe in in a little bit. Talking about Mike Mark specifically, it's interesting because he, he essentially said how they're going to be the tough offense, pointing to last year where they scored 26.5 points a game without a star quarterback. And I, I do believe that it was interesting because he, when you talk about Darnold, he talks about how he was a talented quarterback coming out of college and that it was tough offensive situations. I wonder how much leeway you get understanding how many games Darnold has played because of talent in uh, coming out of college, that is. Yeah. I mean, once again, you know, we kind of just mentioned reclamation product that's worked out, which is Geno Smith, right? Geno obviously had a lot of games for the Jets. He's, you know, he, he ended up not, you know, they ended up benching him and, he ended up doing the whole backup quarterback role and then ended up with Seattle and flourished um, under um, that offensive scheme. And, you know, now he's their, you know, full-time starter and they didn't go after a young quarterback or anything like that. So he seems to be the quarterback, at least as of now for the foreseeable future. So is it possible? Yes. Can Kyle Shanahan bring the best out of a quarterback? Thousand percent, right? We've seen him do it on a multitude of occasions with, you know, taking quarterbacks that were forgotten and, and make them relevant again um, or take quarterbacks that were relevant and, and make them MVPs, right? So I, I do believe that there is that there, even if he isn't necessarily have the resume 
that matches the talent. But I have to, you know, something you mentioned that I have to um, agree with is the chatter is too loud for it to be just no smoke there. You know, I'm one that's very much, you know, if it's in the media and it's not coming directly from the 49ers, that, you know, it's probably just uh, national narrative and people that have bones to pick with uh, that 49ers kind of put it out there. But a lot of it has come true. You know what I mean? Like the arm fatigue story I thought was just a lie, but that came true. The Mac Jones uh, possibly at three ended up there. Used, there was some truth to that, even though they did go with Trey Lance. So so the fact that it's just so loud that's that the 49ers are high on Sam Darnold and makes me think that it's more than it's more than just a chance like. I think there's I think that Sam Darnold truly believes that he could win this starting position. It's given been given the sign that he can. And even more pressure on Trey to have to win it out. And I agree with you. If if Sam Darnold uh you know beats out Trey, you know, I do think that Trey doesn't end the year with the 49ers because obviously Purdy's coming back and you would think that they would just need uh Sam and Purdy and they don't need necessarily Trey Lance to be a third quarterback type of situation. But going back to the uh, Mike Mart saying that the 49ers could be the number one offense, I think this is true regardless of who the quarterback is. And I'll say this this reason. Are the, Am I saying for sure they'll be the number one offense? No, I don't know that because I do think there's some ridiculously good offenses out there, right? I think the Eagles can be the number one offense. I think the Bengals could be the number one offense. Obviously, Kansas City um could be the number one offense so i'm not saying it's for sure going to be them however a full year of christian mccaffrey and elijah mitchell healthy can definitely lead to this being the number one offense you know one of the biggest questions last offseason rohan i don't know if you remember was the offensive line right people thought the offensive line we didn't know there was you know three guys that haven't started that many games um on the interior of that offensive line McGlinchey was coming off of an injury. Um, so there was a lot of question marks. People thought, oh, man, this offensive line could be uh, could be the reason why this offense doesn't play well. Well, they played decent and, and maybe even above average. They were a top 10 offensive line. And 80% of that offensive line is coming back, right, with Cole McKivitz as the new right tackle. Um, and he's somebody that has been developing under this 49er staff for, for quite some time. So the offensive line is less of a question mark this year. The weapons, I think, are are better, right? Brandon Ayuk is, I think, going to be a bona fide star this year if he wasn't last year. Debo's coming back with the chip on his shoulder. Kittle obviously had a really great last half of the season with Purdy there, so he's having nothing but confidence. And then you have arguably the best running back duo in the league now um, with Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell. One, two, that punch, hard, so. huh? In the league. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I mean. No, it's a, what, it's a valid a take. Record? It's a valid take. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, to me, just with the weapons, they have all the potential in the world. And on top of that, I think the special teams is going to be better. And I think the defense is going to be just as opportunistic and, and really give the offense short field position, which also plays a role in, in the offense playing well or not. So, it's pointing in the direction with how this team is set up that this offense could play well, regardless of if it's Purdy, Darnold, or Trey at quarterback. 
no, I, I, I think that that's fair. And to me, yeah, I think this offense is going to flourish regardless of who's at quarterback as well, just because of the system and also because of the skill position players. Like, to execute this offense, there are certain things that um, obviously the quarterback needs to be capable of, but it's quick decision-making, just getting the ball out, really, and allowing your playmakers do things obviously sell at that type of game plan jimmy garoppolo that was his bread and butter even though we saw mixed results the reason the offense worked is because it played the to, to jimmy garoppolo's strengths once he entered the uh once he entered the picture i wonder obviously what type of offense is going to be implemented this summer because lance and donald have different play styles and also can operate under different uh different looks right lance obviously could operate better under shotgun, understanding the power that the read option can present and the, you know, the um, the different options out of the backfield could present for uh, for in, in the running game. And we saw that when Lance was on the field last year. But Darnold could operate more under center, understanding that it, it sells the play action a little better for, uh, against Shanahan into some of the action that we've seen him want to run. And so I do think that it's going to be an intriguing mix of how this offense is going to run and how quickly does that step onto the field because if you look at the back end of the slate for the 49ers i think that that's tougher than the front end and so that means you got to get to a quicker start if you want to be a top seed in the nfc and so that's where my question comes in for the 49ers how quick will good start regardless of who's at quarterback and can they put enough points to be the number one offense in the league yeah, and that obviously has been hard for the 49ers to do outside of, you know, the 2019 season where they went all the way to the Super Bowl. They usually struggle in the first half of the season and the second half of the season is where they, you know, kind of take off type of type of deal. So it is going to be important for them to start the year off strong, not only as a team, but, you know, whomever that starter is week one for them to – for them to continue if they want to continue to be the starter really has to play well because obviously we know brock purdy's coming in and uh you know that's who the front office and kyle shanahan seem to be to seem to think is the qb1 at this point no i i agree and i mean that's why that's the beauty of the the, the competition that we're going to see in the offseason obviously media gets to, to to see it through open practices um through OTAs, we'll get a seat in training camp. It'll be it'll be a fun mix for sure. Moving on though to the last portion of today's uh, top uh, topics, we've got the schedule. Right, the schedule released last week. I think you've talked about it a little. I haven't really talked about it too much, but there's a lot of intriguing parts about the schedule. When when it initially dropped, knowing the opponents, knowing both sides of who were playing at home on the road. How did you initially feel when we dropped or when the schedule dropped for the 49ers? Yeah, overall, you know, I thought that the the schedule um, was favorable. And what I mean by favorable, I'm not saying it's an easy schedule, but I, 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 I see it as a schedule that the 49ers could definitely excel in. Um, there's a lot of games that I think are going to be exciting, you know, off the bat, you know, being able to play Dallas and Cleveland, um, Cincinnati, uh, Baltimore, 
uh, you know, Pittsburgh. I think those games are going to just be very, very fun to watch from just a fan perspective. Um, obviously, I think a lot of those games can be difficult as well. Obviously, the toughest stretch to me is, you know, that three-game stretch where it goes Seattle, Eagles, Seattle, right, where it's at Seattle, at Philadelphia, then home with Seattle. That's a three-game stretch that I think could be potentially make or break as far as seeding for the playoffs, um, especially where that is in the in the in the time of the schedule. But yeah, man, I mean, I think it, I think it's a, uh, it, I think that the team could do well. Uh, I have them going twelve and five, based off of the schedule um, and finishing off, you know, the two seed in the NFC. I mean. That would be solid. Obviously, you hope for the one seed, but that would be very, very solid. As for the schedule, for me, I look at a couple of different things. I, I immediately tried to look to see where are the toughest uh, kind of areas, where are the easier areas, and something that points uh, that that comes out to me: 49ers get a three-game home stretch very early against the Giants, Cardinals, and then obviously cap it off with a night game against the Cowboys. You get a very early home stretch, and then you also get week two at the Rams, which is essentially a home game for the 49ers. So you get like four home games in a row pretty much for the 49ers, which I think is huge. And if you talk about the New York Giants in uh, game uh, in week three, I'm pretty sure the Giants are coming here on a Thursday. And so that makes it an, uh, obviously a early schedule for that. They come against the Cardinals, but um, or after facing the Cardinals on the road. But, you know, I think that that, weeks two to week five is a good stretch for opposing or not for opposing but for the quarterback right you you get some familiarity some level of um, consistency in where you're playing might help you elevate your play a little earlier at a time where the 49ers might need more wins as for a tougher stretch immediately pinpointing weeks 12 to 14 you go face seattle on the road on a thursday in lumen field for thanksgiving you come uh back on a longer week you face the eagles on the road again and then you come back and face the eagles at home i think that that's going to be a tough three-game stretch for the 49ers uh understanding the opponents the divisional aspect of it and also the way the schedule is placed and the right those are the two biggest rivals i would say for the 49ers right now with the rams not necessarily being as competitive obviously we know the seattle 49er rivalry is 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 fierce and then the Eagles are turning into a really big rival, obviously, with what happened last season and Debo coming out. That's going to be a really big game for both teams. And potentially, I think the winner of that ends up the number one seed in the NFC um, as well, because I think by far the, the Eagles and the 49ers are the two best teams in the NFC. So that's going to be a very, very important um, stretch because I think that stretch is going to let us know who wins the NFC West, also who wins the NFC overall based off of that stretch, which a lot of pressure on those three games. No, definitely, definitely. What's a game you're looking forward to? Um, So there's two games that I'm looking for. I mean, I think there's a lot. Of, I mentioned a lot of games, but the two games that I think I'm circling uh, are – the ones against Cincinnati and the ones against Baltimore. Mm. And the reason for that is I think those are two teams that could easily be in the Super Bowl. 
And I think they're also two games where we get to kind of see where this defense is going to be able if they're where are they going to be as elite as we want them to be obviously with Cincinnati you're playing one of the better quarterbacks in the league um probably top five quarterback in the league with probably a top five offense right as far as the the weapons receiver wise so can this secondary under Steve Wilkes take that leap that we're expecting them to take under a guy that's known for his secondary prowess, right? Because one the, the two biggest things that I think the 49ers have had an Achilles heel with is speed on the outside with the receivers and then a mobile quarterback, right? right. So the speed on the outside with the receivers and stuff like that, you're obviously going to see it with Chase and Higgins and, and those boys over there. So I want to see how the defense steps up to that challenge, which could possibly be a Super Bowl Super Bowl, you know, uh, preview, right? Because both of those teams are definitely favorites to make it to the Super Bowl. The other game is Baltimore, right? I'd mentioned the speed on the outside with the receivers. The other one is mobile quarterback. Um, obviously, the best mobile quarterback in the league is Lamar Jackson. And that's who Baltimore is going to – that's who the 49ers are going to play in Baltimore. So can that defense fix that option? Because to me, if they're able to show well – um, against those two games, to me, that that's going to show me whether or not this team is ready to win a Super Bowl. Because I think if they could fix those two things, Rohan, or show that they've um, significantly gotten better at those two aspects of their defense, to me, then they could beat the Eagles. Um, they could beat you know whomever they need to beat in the NFC, and they 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 could compete against anybody in the AFC as well. Um, to end up winning a Super Bowl. So those are the two games that I think are going to really show us what this team is made of. I think that those are two really good games that you picked. I really am interested in the Cincinnati one, especially because of that home Baltimore, obviously being on Christmas too. So two really good games uh, that, that are on the schedule. One that I'll go for one that is an intriguing game, just because the last time we saw this team, they were in a much different state. Jacksonville week 10 on the road. Trevor Lawrence obviously developing into a top 10 quarterback. He already is one, in my opinion, maybe even closer to that top five range. And I think that on the road, off the bye week, it's going to be an intriguing game. I think that this team is an up-and-coming team in the Jacksonville Jaguars. Last time we saw Lawrence, it was his rookie year where they were one of the worst teams in the NFL. Now, do I think that this is – do I think the 49ers are going to lose this game? No. I think they, they should still be able to win this game just because that defense uh, is obviously so imposing. But I'm intrigued to see how they face off against another talented quarterback in Trevor Lawrence, an up-and-coming one who's got the ability to do quite a bit of things. Yeah, and I mean, Trevor Lawrence has weapons that he didn't have last time, right? Etienne is, is fully healthy, and, and he came on really, really strong last half of the season last year. And the addition of Calvin Ridley, I think, is going to be phenomenal. You know, um, he was really, really good in Atlanta. He's had a whole year off, obviously, due to his suspension last season. And I think he wants to come out and and with a bang as well. And, you know, if he's anything close to what he was when he, when he was playing in the league two years ago, uh, that's going to be a very, very great connection between him and uh, Lawrence, I think, over there in Jacksonville. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm excited for that. Calvin Ridley was a favorite of mine before he left, uh, obviously due to the suspension. Excited to see what he's got to do.
what do you what, what's your prediction as far as i know you're not big in predictions and all that kind of stuff but what do you based off of what you saw and how the schedule lined up what do you think the 49ers finish record wise this is tough i haven't actually gone through it so i'm just going through it in my head right now i would say probably yeah around you 12 and 5 probably maybe maybe closer to 11 and 6 i'd say 11 and 6 i think there are a lot of tougher games where it could go 50 50 you talk about the bengals you talk about the cowboys you talk about uh you know that three game stretch that i pointed out you talk about the ravens you talk about a couple of these other games where you know it might be 50 50 but i i mean i think that it really depends on how strong do they start if once that question's answered i think we get a much clearer picture of the rest of the season but i'd probably say around 11 and 6 right now that's interesting because I think eleven and six probably makes them a wild card team. I don't think so. I I, I think that this is going to be a more competitive division than last year. I think the Rams are going to be better than last year. They had a lot of injuries last year. I think they're going to be in that wild card race this year, winning around nine to ten games, which is why I think you have three teams potentially from the NFC West in that race. Seattle probably is around the same boat winning about 10 games. And so I think that they'll be able to win the NFC West with the 11 games that they win. Interesting. See, I, I, I'd be interested to see that because I think it's going to take 13 or 14 wins to win the NFC. Wow. And I think you have to win uh, 12 or 13 to win the NFC West. Okay. Okay. Because I do think that it's going to be more competitive, but I think there's like seven to 10 teams that could possibly make the playoffs. But I think there's only – four teams that could win the NFC. And uh, I think those teams, and then there's a lot of teams that are probably going to be tanking for Caleb Williams type of thing mm-hmm. in the NFC as well. So, um, so yeah, I think it's going to take, I think the the team, you know, whoever wins the NFC is probably going to be 13 and four, 14 and three, somewhere around there. And then 12, 13 wins is going to win the divisions. No, I, I, I think that's, I mean, tough task. It could definitely happen, though. I could definitely see it happening. And, I mean, mm-hmm. if the 49ers win 12 wins, I think, yeah, they're close to that one seed range, probably probably get the two seed if that's the case. But, hey, man, NFC is going to be interesting. It was wide open last year, uh, apart from the top two teams. We'll see how it plays out this year for sure. I love it, man. I'm, uh, I'm excited to get back into it. Are you um, – I know you're back um, Bay Area now. Are you going to all the training camps and you're going to be, uh, you know, uh, doing all that kind of stuff like you did last I year? I anticipate I'll be there every day. So we'll, we'll figure it out nice. as the schedule comes along in a few days or in a few weeks. But anticipating I'll be there. So coverage will definitely be there as normal. I love it. You did a great job last year. So I'm excited to see your coverage this season as hey, well. Hey, it'll be a fun time for sure. For sure. And we'll definitely be going live that time. So make sure you guys check it out. Love it. But. For those of you guys that are still here, make sure you subscribe to both channels, both my personal channel and Sunil's. We had a lot of fun today on the stream. Talk Trey Lance, talk Mike Mart, Sam Darnold, and the schedule to cap it off. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. It's been a blast talking with you, Sunil. Any last thoughts before we head on out? Nah, man. Uh, just stay tuned. Keep locked in the channel. Obviously, we're getting into the time of the season where it gets exciting. So, uh, you know pre-season starting training camp all that kind of good stuff oh yeah i'm excited for the off season we talked about a couple of the topics that are going to be impacted in the off season we'll see how they go but once again guys thank you guys so much for tuning in we'll be back very soon with some more content
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.